Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because Doug Bell is back in the house. Just uh, short of a year ago, Doug came on to talk about his platform, software program that helps show the journey of the typical customer and how everybody is involved in that journey, everybody in the company. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you've got three employees, 3,000 employees, 30,000 employees, 100,000 employees. If everybody doesn't know where they belong in that customer's experience, they probably shouldn't even be working for the company because if they're not impacting somebody somehow, some way, well, one day they're going to notice, like, what are we paying this person for? Anyway, I know that that's kind of a crazy way to start off, but Doug Bell, welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Shep. It's great to be back. So the Experience Manager is the name of the platform, and did I do justice when I described it? It's exactly right. We, I've been a uh... I've been a customer experience consultant for business leaders for about 25 years now. And this has really become the crux of the issue is how do you embed customer experience into the culture so that it does touch everybody so that everyone can get engaged and involved. And it's not just talk. It actually requires some action and some two way dialogue to actually get that get that level of engagement that you need to take your experience to the next level. And what you mean by two-way dialogue is you mean that the employees have a, a voice in what's going on and how they contribute and how they interact with the customers or their internal customers as well. You know, I this reminds me, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show of all the years I've been doing this. Sometime about 25 years ago, um, I worked with a company and I said, and by the way, a nice size company, about 150 people. They weren't huge. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if we created this, this kind of a, a map? I had no idea that one day they would be talking about journey maps. And essentially, what I, I attributed to was the chain of events, similar to what Jan Carlson talks about in his book, Moments of Truth, which is in the airline business that the passenger has to make a reservation. They have to check the bag at the curb. They go into the gate agent. They go to the gate, and, and, and all along the way, there's this chain of events. And I said, let's show everybody what the chain looks like, and then let's show everybody, even the person who's in the back corner of the warehouse, how they fit in to the whole customer experience. I had no idea that one day, like even today, we'd be talking about journey maps and, and how the customer experiences everything. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, why? Is it important to start a customer experience movement inside an organization? Well, we're touching on it right there from the, yep. from the front line to the, to the, you know, to the executive boardroom, everyone in the company impacts the customer experience either directly or indirectly. So, you know, you either have people that are working directly with the customer or are producing materials that will ultimately interact with the customer, or you've got other people that are supporting those people. But in some way, everyone in the company does have an impact on the customer experience. So, so it, I, I'm, so, a, I'm a guy in a warehouse. I never see the customer. And I just mentioned the guy in the warehouse uh, in my example a few minutes ago. 
Tell me how I impact the customer. Well, Shep, I've actually worked in a warehouse in my company's family, in my family's company business. And uh, I can tell you, you know, when you're pulling merchandise or when you're handling merchandise, um, it's, you know, it factors into the speed that you're able to pull the merchandise. Um, make sure that the merchandise is, uh, you know, in one piece and not in pieces. Because, you know, if something's in a box and maybe you drop it in the warehouse and it ends up on a shelf somewhere, customer pulls it out, they go all to all the trouble to get to your store, purchase the product, they get all the way home. And this happened to me recently. And you open that box and it's in a thousand pieces. And, you know, at, what, at that point, anything that you've done in your customer experience to get to that point is ruined. It is. And that's the, the answer that I was hoping for. Even if you never see the customer you are in the back you're packing a box if you don't pack it properly it gets damaged in shipment you know what the customer thinks about the company and you're right there at that very moment you are managing a very important important customer experience touch point uh, whether you know it or not back in the warehouse Jan Carlson back to his book moments of truth he said if you're not supporting somebody who's on the front line you're probably supporting somebody that is but then of course you have those behind the scenes experience creations that we have at the warehouse all right so very good so what was your company's uh, your family what was your family's business by the way it was uh, a retail gift store that originated in washington dc where i'm from and uh it was called w bell and company and they sold originally sold fine gifts and it's a great entrepreneurial story my great my grandfather was a pioneer in the catalog retail industry and he originally started out going basically from embassy to embassy in Washington, D.C., um, selling off a product sheet um, and selling fine gifts and jewelry from around the world. And uh, he evolved that into a 23-store chain in Washington, Baltimore, Atlanta, Chicago, and Houston, and uh, really pioneered the catalog retail industry. Wow, wow, very cool. And you worked there as a kid or as an adult? Chef, I was 11 years old working a ah. counter. I could barely see over the counter. There's a great picture of me in a little suit, and I'm helping customers. And I could, I knew more about those products than pretty much anyone there. And I could talk, you know, talk to them. And it started very early, but it, it was great because I moved from department to department. I basically saw the business from every perspective, and I, I think it had a lot to do with getting me to to where I am today. You know, and my background's not too dissimilar to yours. I was about eight or nine years old, and my grandpa, who owned a pharmacy, I went to work with him three days a week one summer. Had the time of my life hanging out with my grandpa. Um, a few years later, went to work for the other side of the family. They they had some gas stations, so I worked in gas stations. And, um, you know, we learned hard work and good work ethic, and we know how to take care of people. And I think... Even if you are not on the front line, you've got to understand the people relationship that they have with your business. You may not be a, a people person, but you've got to understand that it's a customer who wants to do business with us, and we want them to return and do more business with us. The only way that's going to happen is if we impact them positively. So, all right, back to my original question. How do you start that movement inside the organization? I'm not sure we got there. No, we didn't. We didn't. Um, so... You know, if you, if you think about it, 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 starting the movement is really is really the key, because um, if everyone needs to be involved, 
there's really, if you think about inside an organizational structure, there's only one person that has authority over the entire company. But it's not realistic for, you know, necessarily for that one person to steer the entire ship and get get a, a company really focused on the customer experience. So starting a movement really starts more at the grassroots level. And that's inside an organization. The most important thing, the number one thing to start a customer experience movement is to give everyone a voice, give them a direct line to leadership to be able to express, you know, what needs to change, what they see in the current experience, the current processes, how we're operating as a business and how it needs to improve. Because those are the people. It's not the, necessarily the people in the boardroom that know exactly what needs improvement and what the customers are experiencing. It's the people that are interacting and the people that are, you know, doing it every single day. And you need to open up the communication channel directly. It can't be, uh, you know, in small groups or it really needs to be a forum where you can express big ideas that can actually you can actually act on. Um, so is and, there some kind of criteria if I'm an executive and I, and by the way, it, while I think it starts at the grassroots, I think uh, the leadership gives permission for this to start or for this to be done because without that i mean all the effort in the world at, at the front line doesn't mean anything if leadership's not going to listen so how do we create this forum because i'm going to claim i have an open door policy you can come in and talk to me anytime unless i'm busy can't you see i'm busy i'm on the phone <laughs> i just got off the phone i got to do you can't you see i'm busy anyway what how do you create that forum to where people are comfortable and an executive doesn't feel like his or her time is being eaten up all the time by people coming in with, you know, ideas that may or may not be valid. Well, there, there's really two things. Um, one is that the communication needs to be transparent to the whole organization. This could be a little scary for some executives, but people are talking anyway. These are the conversations that as an executive who wants to build a customer-focused culture, these are the things that you need to hear. And if your door isn't open, and if the channel isn't open for communication, these, these conversations are happening anyway. So number one, you know, make all the communications transparent to the entire organization. Put it out there. I mean, today is a, you know, obviously a world of social media and there's you know, a lot of open communication going on right now. So you know, inside the company, let's open it up, make it transparent to the company. The other thing that I would really recommend to do is to give people the option to share their ideas anonymously. Again, this is a potentially a scary thing for executives. However, you know, giving people on the front line and inside an organization, the voice, the opportunity to share their ideas without fear of repercussion. This is where you're going to get the truth. And it's the truth that you really need as a leader in a company to understand and make the changes that need to be made on behalf of your customer. But you just said you want it to be done anonymously. Is that... Uh... I, is that an option or is that, you know, does it really matter whether it's anonymous or whether we know who's giving the suggestion? I would say it's more of an option 
where you just want to give people the option of giving their ideas anonymously because it might be something that they're, you know, maybe they're a little bit fearful of, of sharing an idea that, you know, might stir the pot a little bit. But stirring the pot is what makes innovation happen and it, what, it's what makes businesses go to the next level. If you only hear what you want to hear, nothing's going to change. Right, right. And we're, we're, we're talking about a transformation here. We're talking about transforming from the current state of where we are in customer experience management to a future state where we are, where, where we have everyone engaged, everyone aligned, and we're actually making change happen in real time. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to get very specific about how you start the movement inside the organization. I know you mentioned, you know, it really starts down there in the front line, but somebody has to make a decision about starting it to begin with. Whose decision is that? I think I know. I think most of us know it's probably leadership, but how do we make it work? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how you engage people to make sure they give you the information and uh, much, much more. You've been listening to Amazing Business Radio. We've got Doug Bell back in the studio, so to speak, at least over the phone in the studio. And he is the founder of The Experience Manager. You can learn more at theexperiencemanager.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Shep Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Doug Bell. Doug, so you've given us this idea that everybody's involved, and we've been talking about that. We talked about, you know, it starts really on the front line. And does it really start on the front line? Uh, how do you really start the customer experience movement inside the organization? I know it's important to have one. We've just discussed that. But where does it get started? Does, does somebody say, I think this is a good idea, let me go talk to the boss? Or does the boss decide it needs to be done? Well, it, you know, there's, there's actually multiple ways. There isn't one blueprint way for this to happen. Uh, someone's got to open up the channel for communication, and that could, be, that could be a different person depending on the company. However, it is typically someone who is – really looked at inside the company as the owner of the customer experience. This could be the customer experience department. could be someone with a customer experience title. Um, I know the big challenge, and this is what I hear all the time from customer experience professionals is, you know, look, we're, we're inside companies where our title says we're responsible for the customer experience. However, we don't actually deliver the customer experience. We've got a lot of different departments led by, you know, specialized experts in different fields, marketing, customer service, uh, you know, operations, you know, all run by different people. And we don't have authority over these people. How do we impact the customer experience? And this can be the person. It, this can be the person that opens up that channel and just says, look, we need everyone's input if we're going to make a go of this if we're going to really become a customer focused company if we're going to embed this into our culture we need 
everyone involved. And to do that, we have to give them a task. We have to give them an action that they can take so that they can lean forward, so that they can actually have an impact into the customer experience. So by opening that channel, you know, and that can, again, that can really happen at the highest level. I, ideally, you'd love to have that at the, at the C level, at the executive level, or, you know, at a, you know, led by the marketing department or the customer service department. It, it really can start, it can start anywhere. The key is that it, it's inclusive and that it's open to everyone. So, so two things. Number one, I'm going to emphasize that for this to really work, the C-suite, the ultimate leadership of an organization has to be involved because if he or she at the top does not sanction it, embrace it, love it, push it, promote it, be the biggest role model of it, I don't think you're going to get anybody else to follow it long term. Number two, you said there was a task. So I want you to share with me what, you, what that task is. The task is very simple. Share your ideas to improve what we're doing today. That's what we want to hear. And a lot of companies have that. But going back to our previous segment, is that done in a transparent way? And do employees have a way to do that anonymously? Because, you know, I'll say, you know, if I, if I write down my idea and I put it in the, the you know, the proverbial box and, you know, it goes into a box and sometimes I hear back and sometimes I don't, you know, it just can dissipate and disappear. And if you don't use my idea, if you don't respond to my idea, you're not getting my next. Idea. Right, right. You know, it's like exactly. So there needs to be feedback. So is there a, a specific system or a process for them sharing their idea? So basically you're saying the first task is ask them. Uh, what I share your ideas that will improve. I wrote this down, uh, and now I can't read my writing. Share your ideas that will improve the customer experience today. Is that basically it? Exactly it. And and these, you know, this goes back to your business processes. This goes back to your training. All the things that you teach an employee on. Here's how we are. Here's how we want to deliver today. You know, it's about opening up that feedback loop. So that they can tell you, look, I'm, I'm interacting with customers today. This is, you know, we can improve this. Here's how I would do it. And it starts, you know, it gets, if, if done in a transparent way in front of the entire company, it starts the dialogue. You start honing in on what are those things that we can do to get better. And that's when it happens. That's the cult. That's the culture shifter. You know, that's what makes it change when that conversation starts identifying those opportunities to do better on behalf of our customers mm. and actually make change happen. All right. So am I, I, I can get this. This is easy if I have 25 people, you know, but what if I have 25,000 people? Do I want 25,000 pieces of paper coming my way? You actually, we're not talking about pieces of paper in today's world. Okay. If it's all digital. It's all online. <laughs> Well, think about it this way. If you're able to create a, and there's lots of business social platforms out there, but if you take one and you focus it on your customer experience and open it up to everyone, people are sharing ideas to the community, to the organization. And 
what that does is it either engages the rest of the company where the rest of the company comes in and starts liking your idea, starts discussing your idea, starts evolving your idea, starts shaping it into something that we can actually implement. And you as the executive aren't doing the work. You're just watching the conversation happen. And those ideas that engage the company, that engage the organization, and really that rise to the top on their own volition are the ones that you can take a look at and say, you know, we got to do this. The whole company is starting to get behind this movement of this idea. Let's so make a change. Is it like is it like an internal Facebook page? Obviously, you're not sharing this with the outside world. It's all inside. But is that kind of what you're looking at is a, uh, where people can jump in, make comments, and you can watch a thread on a specific topic grow and grow? And it, is, it sounds to me that's what you're looking at, some type of forum that does that. It is. And these forums already exist in a lot of companies, whether it's an intranet or another social platform um, that companies are already using, you know, to create another channel in those platforms specifically for customer experience, very easy to implement. Or, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, you could actually introduce a brand new channel, um, which would also provide a little more extra emphasis and focus to say, we're actually establishing a new channel because customer experience is so important to us. Mm, okay. And and I know you want everybody involved, but is there a way, I mean, is, is it important that it's mandatory that everybody submit at least one to get things started or on an ongoing basis? I have a friend of mine, uh, Don Wainwright is his name. I've talked about Wayne, Wainwright Industries before. They won years ago the Malcolm Baldridge Equality Award. And that quality award, a big part of it, about 65 70% is on customer service and experience. And he asked every one of his employees, and didn't have a lot of them, I think maybe 150, 200, every week to submit an idea. He wanted to be an innovative company, and he felt that if every week everyone, regardless of their position, assistant, secretary, accounting department, manufacturing, everybody had to submit an idea that would improve the company somehow, some way. And some were service ideas, some were process ideas, but the idea was everybody had to do it. How do you feel about mandatory contributions? Mandatory is a, a, a tough one. Um, it, you know, there, there's other ways, I think, to go about it that are, that are a little bit more effective. I think you know, the number one thing I would say with that, you, that, that case example that you just provided is you know, to make it a weekly thing, um, might not be the best approach only because um you know ideas happen you know in real time and you want to basically keep that channel open it, it really needs to be kind of an open thread an open conversation where you know ideas are being put into the system you know think about it almost as a as an engine where an idea goes into the engine and then the company kind of processes the idea and what comes out on the other side is an actual improvement. So to take an idea from idea to improvement is really the faster you can process those, the better your the better and faster your experience will change and improve. So that would be number one is you know to, to make it a weekly mandatory act. Oh, you know, so you my, do want them to be man? Okay, I, I thought I heard you say. Mandatory weekly is is not necessarily the best way, but now you're saying yes, or, or did I misunderstand? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't make it a mandatory act. 
There, there are three ways that I, I would suggest and recommend possibly incorporating this into your into your system in the way your, your company operates. One is to uh, incorporate the idea generation piece into performance evaluations. So if you've got a system like this where you're capturing ideas and it's transparent, you can take a look back every year and say, well, this, this employee produced 45 ideas and three of them led to major improvements. You can actually look back and track performance in this, in this area. And wouldn't, wouldn't that be a great thing if yeah, we could yeah. actually have a way to measure employee engagement around the customer experience and actually tie it back to things, you know, a return on investment in how we've actually improved the lives of our customers. So I love that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break because we're getting late on time. And when I come, we come back, I want you to finish this thought and we're getting close to wrapping up the show. We've got a little bit more really important information. Again, I want to emphasize the importance of this way of thinking. We just, I mean, you know, I think that maybe there used to be this saying, I'm going to make something up right now. Uh, Disney came up with the idea that everybody had three jobs. Now, it used to be everybody had two jobs. I heard this over and over again. Two jobs were hired to do the job you're supposed to do. Number two is take care of the customer. Disney added a third one, which is keep the theme park clean. Uh, so I, I say it doesn't matter whether you have a theme park or an office. It's nice to have a nice, neat, uh, or not necessarily neat, you should see my desk. But it is somewhat orderly environment. I'm going to add a, a fourth uh, thing, and that is your idea is, or your uh, part of the business is you do the job you're hired to do. You take care of the customer whenever the opportunity presents itself. Keep, keep the place clean. And number four, be a part of constant improvement. Be thinking of constant ways to innovate, improve, and improve, whether it be the experience whether it be an internal customer's experience, in other words, a colleague, a way to save the company money, make money, a better process, eliminate, you know, waste, whatever it is. I think it's important that everybody be thinking about ways to make the place they work better because some of the best places to work are constantly asking their own people, what can we do to be better in every area? All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a little bit more with Doug Bell and the rest of our episode of Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com in ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Doug, you had been talking to us about uh, how this concept uh, can be brought up in a performance evaluation. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if it's anonymous or I choose to be anonymous, uh, how do I get recognized, even if I do get recognized? And does me uh, participating or not participating impact what happens when I sit down with my manager, my boss, and we talk about my performance for the last quarter, six months, or a year? 
Well, there, there actually are a lot of systems that allow you to share ideas or share com, you know, conversation points anonymously. And then if the idea gets traction, you can actually reveal your identity. This is one of the um, key thoughts in our software, the experience manager, that you can actually do this. Um, we're not the only ones that, that, that do this, however. And uh, it, it, it just adds an extra level of openness and willingness for the employees to actually share the things that they might not tell you otherwise. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I like that. So how does it, uh, I mean, let's talk about the performance uh, review. How do, I, I mean, if I'm going to share an idea and let's say it's not a good idea, do I need to be worried this is going to come back and haunt me? I, that's a, that's a terrific question, Chef. If, if you're, if you're adding ideas and sharing ideas with the customer's best interest. Uh-oh, I have lost you. You're back. I can hear you back. What happened? Okay. There? I don't know. All right. We're going to pick it up again. Uh, okay. If you're sharing ideas with the customer's best interest in mind, and this is at 27.50. Go. If you're sharing ideas with the customer's best interest in mind, and the company is truly dedicated to a customer-first culture, um, then there really are no bad ideas. It goes back to that that thought where you know keep thinking, keep pushing the envelope. You know we'll accept ideas, good and bad. Um, as long as we're really trying to improve and make the customer's life better, we're going to build more loyalty thinking that way. And, you know, in, in uh, you know, we've been hearing this since we were a kid. There are no bad ideas. I love it. I love it. We have a little sponge ball that somebody gave me that if anybody uses the word but in a sentence or interrupts somebody and we, we you know, we basically we get to throw the sponge ball at them. It doesn't hurt. It really it bounces. They have to be the one to go pick it up. That's the punishment. But really, that's what happens. We want as many ideas, good and bad, because you know what? That's one of the things that Don Wainwright said of Wainwright Industries. Now, you think about this. Let's just round the number to 200 people. 200 people each submit an idea once a week. And he made it mandatory, from what I understand. By the way, he attributed this one single thing to why and how he won the award. Sure, he had good people. Sure, he had a good company. But this took it over the top. At the end of a year, he had approximately 10,000 ideas that were submitted. He said that 9,950 of them weren't very good or couldn't be done. But the 50 or so that could be done took his company to a whole nother level. And that's what people need to understand is just a tiny, tiny percentage of these ideas are going to be for, put forth. But boy, if we don't ask for them, we're not going to get any ideas. And I think that's what you're trying to say. Everybody needs to participate, even if it's a bad idea. We love that you're participating and give us an idea. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, performance evaluations are, are really one way of doing it. And just, you know, incorporating it into the performance evaluation tells the employee, this is important to us. This is important to our company and we value your input. Um, but other ways to do it, you could, you know, a second way to do it would be to turn it into almost a game where you provide incentives or even prizes or, you know, make, make it fun for those people that are contributing ideas and select the ideas that get implemented 
and actually provide them with value for themselves to say, here's what's in it for you. Make, make, make there an, a specific answer to that question. If you're going to share with us at this level, you know, here's what we as a company are going to do to show you how much we value your contribution. Years ago, and, uh, years ago, I worked with uh, a small airline. I won't tell you their name, but their initials are TWA. Now, <laughs> they're no longer here. TWA was bought by American. But I remember way back then they had a program called Idea Systems. It was produced by a company called Merits, M-A-R-I-T-Z. Merits is a worldwide organization. They have to be based here in St. Louis where I live. But what they did is they said, submit your idea. and, and we'll, if we, Now, by the way, I, w I added some ideas of my own to this idea system that, hey, submit X number of ideas, whether any of them are used or not, you get a prize just for submitting X number of ideas, whether they're ever used. So go ahead and do it. you got nothing to lose, only something to gain. Uh, but if the ideas were used, they assigned a dollar value to what they were worth to the company, and then the employee who submitted it got a small uh, percentage of that and they had a thing called run through the warehouse where you ran through a big warehouse with lots of merchandise and you filled up your shopping cart up to the amount of money that you uh, were able to uh, save the company and that percentage that, that you know they let you have you know maybe if you save the company a million dollars they'd give you you know I don't know I'm just making this up let's make it more reasonable save the company a hundred thousand dollars they give you a thousand dollars and and, you know, credit toward something in a catalog or run through the warehouse. It was a fun, fun program. A lot of people were involved. I did this, by the way, with Merits and a number of companies. But what I won't forget is what happened over at TWA. Carl Icahn, uh, who's still around, you know, he's considered the corporate raider, buy the company, break it up, sell it, which is what happened to American, or, or TWA when American bought TWA, uh, said, why are we giving people incentives to give us good ideas? They should just give it to us anyway. And he stopped the program. And it totally deflated the morale of the people that were involved. And uh, I just can't emphasize, if you're going to go down this path, make it exciting, make it fun. And when, when you, you know, just don't, don't pull the rug out from under your employees' feet. All right, we've got about one or two more minutes. Are there any other thoughts that you want to follow up on this before I ask you the one thing question? Well, the, the only, the, the third thing, so performance evaluations, providing incentive to, you know, mm -hmm. actually the what's in it for me. Yep. The third piece that, you know, we, we need to really, you know, to really get that movement going is we need to communicate regularly about the actual improvements that are being made as a, as a result mm, of the ideas really that we're generating. Yep. Right. And the people that were responsible for those, because, you know, you don't necessarily need to give them more money or prizes or anything like that. It's nice and it probably will produce more ideas. Um, you don't necessarily need to put it into the performance evaluations, but it's nice and it, it will show them that it's important. But if you are communicating regularly about improvements that we're making to the customer experience, it really becomes embedded and part of the culture. And going back to the first thing that we talked about, you know, in, in terms of starting a movement and creating that engagement, you know, this, you know, the, the ideas that we're talking about here, if you truly want that level of engagement, you, know, you want everyone involved because everyone matters in customer experience. That Amen was the very that. first thing right. we talked about. Exactly. You, know, you need this engagement. This isn't like an optional thing if you if you really care about your customers. Right. By the way, back to Carl Icahn doing what he did. This is what he does. He makes a company lean and mean and ready for sale. And he does it 
by getting its employees to do the best they can. Uh, maybe, maybe not. They have the right incentives, the right motivation. I don't know. But that was, you know, when he when he pulled this away, he said, "Hey, that's you know a small percentage of what we're giving away. That's not how you get the company lean." I don't know. You will. You will probably. Most of us will disagree with that philosophy. But that's the way he runs his business. Smart dudes done really well. All right. Uh, but you're so right. Everybody needs to be recognized for their contribution. They need to be. If there's an incentive to do it, and it needs to be with everybody in a good communication um, vehicle to make sure all of the ideas are seen and heard. So final moment here. We call it the one thing question. You've done this before. What's the one thing you want us to remember from what you've already talked about or some extra little nugget you want to lay on us for right at the end of the show? Your choice. Shep, this, the one thing I would say is that at the end of the day, this is a business decision. To make everyone engaged in this process will enable a company to take lean, uh, You know, to bring that idea of lean, take that to almost an infinite level where you look at, you know, what, how does this impact the customer? And if you can get this down to the interaction level, which can only be done if every employee is engaged, you're producing at such a high level. And you look at the companies out there that are, that are taking the lead in this world, and you say, look, the Disneys, the Amazons, the Zappos, you know, these companies that have this embedded in the culture already, like my company's not like, you know, we're, we're not there, we're just at the beginning. And that's, that's okay. But the way that's done, you can't flip a switch and make that happen overnight. It's going to take a movement. And starting this CX movement starts with opening up that communication channel and being very welcoming and encouraging and engaging to get those ideas and to really harness the full intellectual power of your entire company and align it with your customer's benefit. Well said. Well said. Doug Bell, the customer experience consultant and the founder of The Experience Manager, and you can learn more about the software uh, application that he has in the platform that helps companies do this. It is theexperiencemanager.com. That's where you'll learn more. This is Shep Hyken. We've had another great episode here. We're going to have another one next week, so be sure to tune in to more. And until we talk again or you listen again, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.